0: Welcome to Foundation Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Foundation on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I am Aaron, and today we're talking about the season two premiere of Foundation uh, in Seldon's Shadow. I never thought this day would come. Honestly, I was kind of surprised by the announcement that the show was coming back right now, uh, with all the crazy stuff that's happening in Hollywood. But I am grateful because I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, Aaron, what would you think of the premiere? Uh, I'm glad Foundation is back. I was a little surprised. You know, it's one of those things where I'd, like, kind of lost
1: track of its development and it had been, you know, uh, not mm-hmm. quite two years, but but going on, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, season two's coming in, here's the trailer, and uh i think that i from what i've seen so far that this is a a lot much of a piece of the 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 first season um there's you know a couple of things uh that i would have perceived to tighten up going from season one season two and i think some of that stuff has happened um but but for 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 yeah all the things i love the best uh, foundation season one are here the big sci-fi ideas the jaw-dropping visuals uh I mean, there is an arrival of a spaceship sequence that is the most majestic, beautiful, impressive special effects sequence Dude. I've seen, you know. And, and, and also just something like, it's never anything I've seen before. Uh-huh. You know, it's just not the arrival of a cool ship at a cool spaceport. It's like, you know, all, all the world yeah. building goes into that. is, is, is so crazy. And uh, one of the complaints I had last year is there just wasn't enough Jerry Harry. Um, but you know they're given it seems like uh, in his early goings maybe he'll you know go back into his vaults and various digital uh, guises later on but like he got the really strut of stuff yeah Um, man fragmenting psycho mental ego inside this uh, tesseract of his own construction and him puzzling its way out some of the unreal geometries they had Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I thought were just very cool and some of the things like on my first watch, I was like, man, there's just not, there's not any chemistry between Gale and Salvor. I don't get it. But like, I actually think that's a textual thing that they're working with. The fact that mm-hmm. Salvor is a little disappointed that there isn't this, you know, instant bond between mother and daughter that she, you know, kind of went all in on on finding
0: and that Gale's kind of like prickly and off put and, and wrong footed by this whole situation, uh, It's the strangest parasocial relationship I've seen on television. (laughs)
1: Because that's what it is,
0: right? Like Gail does not have these visions of Salvor, but Salvor has her old memories. So, like, right, all these like she's she's putting all these
1: things in context with something she already knows. And as Gail points Mm -hmm. out, has had a long time to think about this moment, whereas Gail is just being ambushed. You know, like this is I was not coming to find my daughter at all. So Mm -hmm. I I thought that stuff was inherently interesting, and just you know, also some of the bigger picture stuff that we're seeing from the foundation. Um, and some of the hints that we're hearing in this episode you know we hear about these magicians they're doing these miracles in the name of the prophets like that tracks very closely with my memories of how you know the foundation continues to evolve itself socially and in its place in the galaxy and I think um I, 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 I think there's hints that they're 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 doing this on the show of like showing a gradual decay of the empire and and, and not just yeah. in terms of you know, the genetic drift, but, um, in terms of, uh, empire himself and him being a little bit coarser and baser of a person, there's like a, mm-hmm. de- a, a degeneracy, not in like a moral and ethical sense because <laughs> it's, is as Friday. As I can tell the Emperor's always been bankrupt in those areas, but from yeah. like, just like the,
0: like a, a prestige and the way people talk, um, you know, the fact that there He's is making sex water. jokes in this episode, I, I don't remember him ever making those jokes before. Right. This is yeah, some it's a little drift. jarring in the same way we talked
1: mm-hmm. about, like hearing Jean-Luc Picard say the word fuck on Picard is like, whoa, whoa. Yep. But like, I, I think this is an intentional like, yep. yeah, this this everything's just kind of slipped a few notches in terms of decorum, in terms of uh, 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 the. E, 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 the the, the what, what you're projecting on, and, and, and even the universe itself, it seems like you know the fact that the there these magicians that are starting to peel away the outer rim, you know, in this era of reason, and the fact that you know, mm-hmm. uh, if anything, the empire is the official religion. Although they did, no, I think that the, the, they they definitively had an official religion last year, but mm-hmm. but it, it seems like there is a little bit of erosion of everything happening. um and, and like, I I, I I, talked about this in the preview podcast, the fact that, uh, you know, time as a character, um, when we revisit the Foundation, you know, lots of
0: familiar faces in the Empire, of course, but you go back mm-hmm. to Foundation, who the hell are these assholes? Uh, yeah, well, they're, you know, seven generations on or whatever uh, yeah. from the last Terminus we knew. And I think that's super interesting. Yeah, I, and, I was worried uh, about we, that early on because
1: we went. They they established that we went from like Klingon the thirteenth to the sixteenth, so we've had an entire or 17th maybe or seventeenth. We've had mm-hmm. an, an entire gener- Like they're all the Klingons that we knew before are dead. Yes, like at least a generation before this generation. Um, and these are dealing with the realities of their drift. And are we going to go gently into that good night? We're going to try to paddle against the current. Um, mm-hmm. and days and dusks of everything and dawns are of different minds. It's it's uh it's
0: great. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I think I really they're like doing, but based on this first episode, I think they're doing a great job telling that grand story that Asimov was trying to tell of mm. something bigger than just any one character. It's, it's doing it in a really effective way where I'm feeling like, cause I'm super nervous about this at the beginning of the show. How are they going to tell the story? How are they going to keep me engaged emotionally uh, with all these characters and I think they've done a good job with the you know liberal use liberal application of the uh, cryopods but also <laughs> the, the the clone thing I think has mm-hmm. kept that so engaging to me um it's kind of a, a brilliant addition to the story and yeah. seeing terminus evolve I, I no longer have that worry of like who are these people why do I care about them they're part of terminus mm-hmm. you know they're part of the foundation. Mm-hmm and that's super interesting in itself getting to know this new wrinkle in the tapestry that is the foundation and that's why I think like foundation and empire are two those are the two characters that I care about in this show the most
1: yeah and the empire is very personified in Uh a way that the foundation isn't but also it's personified in terms of like the way these people look but you know I think we get lots of hints that you'd be between genetic drift and just everything else being distracted having all these crises it the empire is not the same character.
0: No, no empire is changing. Um, um and, and even within the empire that currently exists, that, that trifold empire, there's, yeah. there's, uh, disputes there, there, there's differences of philosophy. How should we approach this? And I think that's fascinating. Difference in how we,
1: relate to our uh, the Android mommies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: You know, oh, a, return, yeah. A, re- a return to uh, uh, <laughs> return to relationships of the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like all the stuff that, you know, some of the stuff that were kind of like hinted in background that we talked about how well the show did this in this uh, first season that like, you know, they would keep on layering things and layering things on like it's continuing this episode like, you know, it's something that was kind of hinted about like, yeah, these Kleons ever fucked Demersell. You know, mm-hmm. making made made very explicit. Um and you know, the other thing is like I had a big question at the end of the season, because it's something that when we were talking to David S. Goyer, the one of the, the the creators of the show, um, you know, he talked about like that they had gotten metrics from Apple and like some feedback and that they were going to be leaning into some things this season that were successful. And, you know, I remember talking to you about that. It's like well, if they're... They're leaning into like some of these sci-fi fantasy action sequences. It feels like that they have a mandate that once a week they have to do that. I don't know if I'm excited about that, but if they're leaning into like the really cerebral big picture galaxy, you know, what's it like for a artificial intelligence to go insane, et cetera, et cetera. Like I'll be excited. And if anything, mm-hmm. it feels like they're doing both they're definitely going in for the slick yeah. action but they and, and that's fine because like uh, the, this the there's an action sequence to bust out and I'm like this feels like it's one of those scenes that's just there to kind of titillate and get people's blood pumping but it becomes a vital part of the plot and it's worked mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it feels like it was, is more important uh, that 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 crazy sex violence scene is a lot more important to the characters and the plot than you might surmise when it's uh, unfolding before your eyes. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah character, character building in a scares. weird way.
0: You know, th- this is like um some of the Game of Thrones stuff got a little bit gratuitous uh, with the this sex, the classic things. sex position from the first like two seasons. Yeah, but, well, but I do think like some of those scenes work, right? Like when I'm with sure. Littlefinger, and th- there are several of his uh employees let's say uh going at it in the background i'm not just supposed to be titillated by that i'm also learning things about this guy right um right and i think they do that pretty effectively in what is essentially the lee pace uh uh burlesque show in the beginning (laughs) of this episode (laughs) i think it's more than that i think there's like you said there's so much that they're doing in that scene and that's the thing that i'm coming to appreciate about this show having seen this episode having seen another one after it i'm, I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff but right i think the show is creating this like i said before this tapestry this like mural a collage almost of things that it's doing and you any one piece you can look at and say i'm not certain that i get everything it's doing here but when looked at as a whole i think it's pretty brilliantly telling this story yeah i think
1: so too um One thing that I think people might be concerned uh, is that we've watched ahead a little bit, which we don't normally do. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way I took measures to keep that from informing so I could still kind of like speculate is at the end of every episode, I sat down with my uh, notes and I wrote before I watched the other one, what are the open questions I had? What are the things I thought were going to happen before I saw the next episode? So I can still preserve those thoughts without like, well, what actually happened? And I did that for all four of these episodes, and I'm not planning on watching ahead more. Like I just wanted to get the kind of a good, you know, uh, introduction and 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 uh, get an idea of what the season is going to look like. So uh, it should be business as usual. Like we we've watched a little bit ahead at the intro in in the early going. You've only seen I think two episodes. I've seen four, so we'll mm-hmm. catch up pretty quick, and it won't be a problem. But like we've also put some guardrails on ourselves to keep any of that knowledge from leaking. as we don't we don't want to spoil anybody, and I'm pretty no, confident I, I,
0: that that we won't. I just made a clone copy of myself before I started that second episode. Right. And now, yeah. I think, I, I can't be sure of this because we're clones, but I think he's the one doing this podcast. So he might not have any memory of the second episode.
1: And if he gets out of line, I'm going to trap him in a glass Tesseract of his emotions. <laughs> okay. Uh, where he'll have to figure out how to cast four-dimensional shadows before he can get out. So it's uh-huh. it's it's going to be
0: fine, is what I'm saying. It's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll We'll get through this since this is a cold openless episode uh, did you notice any differences in the credits
0: I did yeah there is a few things changed it's it's very similar in its overall structure but yes. some of the objects in the scenes are changed there there yeah. is a very conspicuous harry in there where there was not before he's kind of the winged angel in that scene yeah uh, um, and yeah, and you see the cleon's dynasty eroding instead of building which i thought was super cool and in like decaying um, yeah, the, their I, their images are kind of coming apart instead of building with the with yeah. the, uh, the dust. And we meet this queen of dominion. Mm-hmm.
1: I think she was she was featured prominently in some of the like the statuary and some of the chroma sand uh, chroma pigments that they were you know uh, using. But I also mm-hmm. am I crazy that one of those statues was Dimmerzel?
0: Oh, it's possible. It's tough because, like,
1: you know, these are like living sand sculptures are wiggling around. But I Mm -hmm. was like, I wonder because, you know, something we kind of got the impression from last season is like Demerzel is the true thing that is maintaining the integrity of the Empire. Like, Mm -hmm. she's the one that if Dusk is going to be like, you know what, I'm actually not ready to die. She shoves him into the particle beam. She's the one where when day gets wobbly about his younger sibling, she's ready to snap a neck to maintain genetic purity yeah. Uh, she is, is like she's the she's the guardrails on the empire itself. So like, he has a, a a large illusion of being able to do choices and stuff. But any of these individuals deviate from what Cleon the first wanted, she seems to be quick to 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 jerk her tail. So it's like it wouldn't be crazy for me to think that like at some point in the story that Dimmerzel could become the empire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. I have no idea if that's what they're going with that because um, it doesn't yeah. seem like that jives with my memories but like, oh, clearly they're playing a lot of jazz with the, the original material
0: yeah and I have a lot of open questions about Demerzel especially after this episode uh, with the way that yeah. Brother Day is acting but it would make sense for her to have some place in that opening mm-hmm. sequence she mm-hmm. might she might even be that broken face, because there's 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 one face that's kind of like broken yeah. and torn, like her face kind of gets. And we definitely have seen that happen a
1: couple uh-huh. of times, but uh, I thought that was like the decay of the Cleons, uh, but, sure. but uh, the turning into something monstrous. But yeah, it could also be a representation of her fractured psyche revealing herself and her torn face. Yeah, we'll be right
0: back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Moves. Alright, let's jump into the recap then. Yep. Uh, We start off with Harry. He's in some kind of black void. He's losing his shit. Uh, He's apparently mad at Gale and himself and just everyone. He's yelling and screaming he's just swinging wildly between these grandiose statements
1: and this recriminations about why he can't trust people with his plan. And you know, if he did, people could have helped them instead of, but then also oh, what being a fool furious fool yeah. at, at Gail for being impetuous mm-hmm. and an upstart and, and uh, Gail's voiceover, the any man can be a success. It takes a madman to be great. Hmm. Is, is whatever is happening to Harry is like, the it, it, it show kind of hints. It's not even a subtext. It's text that This is something that he had to go through to become, you know, this, maybe this just particular part of his consciousness this just copy to be complete. Cause we, we knew last year that something went wrong in the transfer process. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't as clean as Harry had helped where there had hoped that that knife would synchronize his, his mental state. And uh, there was some corruption, um, it seems like the show's telling me that whatever he's going through here in terms of like understanding fourth dimensional space in his own mind is something he had mm-hmm. to do to be able to play the role he wanted to play in the foundation do you get that too? Huh.
0: No I wasn't getting that because the, the other thing that he also that we know for sure is that we're off his plan now right like we see that literally in on the prime rating itself prime Radiant, tells us
1: yeah. yeah yeah and Gail. in case you missed it Gail as an expert in the prime Radiant is there to tell us what these symbols mean. So bad, bad things.
0: Yeah. So it's possible that both things are true, right? They've gone off his plan, but that the, his plan was never good in the first place. And that to yeah. actually prevent some kind of permanent fall to a dark age. He does need to go through this, but yeah, that's not I, I necessarily kind of like because
1: in the books, it always felt like Harry was ultimately in control. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that like all these cryo sleeps and time jumps have made it feel like as a viewer that they are on a back foot, like 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 maybe even a season long back foot that they're going to be trying mm-hmm. to come from behind rather than Harry striding confidently out of the vault and being like, here's how you fix this crisis. And mm-hmm. um, and not the right pieces are not in the right place, the right players and don't have the right pieces in their hands. It's it's a
0: real mess. in this is uh, opening me- episode. Yeah, certainly seems so. Uh, I think Gale and Salvor get acquainted as mother and daughter. We kind of had the beginning of this conversation in the finale of last season. They're mm-hmm. going to get a little more into it here. Kind of, like I said, this the one thing that kind of
1: took me back is just how poor their chemistry is. Um, like Gale, and it's a lot, if I put myself in her shoes, if she wakes up. Uh, no she doesn't wake up she wakes up to this other person who claims to be her daughter and has mm-hmm. got all these questions for her and wants to have all these things in common for her and it's just, it's overwhelming and off-putting and Salver for her credit because she is you know uh, uh, has some intuition intuitive touch here backs off and's like well let's you know instead of we in, 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 instead of we start talking with the big pictures the big the big picture the big grand scope of what we're doing here. Let's just get to know each other's people, which seems to
0: maybe uh, help a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, here's where it started to really strike me, how good the show looks. Um, and and I, I want to shout out Apple for providing this level of quality screener, because a lot of people, a lot of networks don't. Yeah, and I think it really suffers. Like Watching the Picard screeners at times was... <sighs> A pain it was torturous um yeah apple is nailing an and apple cares about what the press and the critics think of their content apparently yeah. because man just the contrast is amazing the black levels in this are just top-notch and the the limited use of color in this like inky black scene would be totally wasted That's on a really shitty screeners.com bullshit. copy or whatever yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah right.
0: yeah so Kudos to them because I was already impressed by the visuals, and they just get better as yeah, we go. They really do. Uh, we've got a voiceover then from Gail talking about uh, waters rising and territory shrinking, and she applies that to uh, what what is happening here on Empire uh, or on Termina or sorry, Trantor. Uh, and then we get Brother Day having sex with Demerzel when assassins attack. He manages to fight them off, but he and Demerzel are wounded in the process. And Demrazel takes him to the medical facility and heals him, then goes off to mend herself. It's uh
1: it was wild how Cleon went from fucking the shit out of Demerzel to using her as a human shield. Like that scene <laughs> where like that. you see the guy, he just grabs it's almost like something out of like a parody movie, the way he just callously grabs her and her head is sheared
0: off and uh uh-huh. and then tosses you know, her at the assassin. I, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I suspect it's like, well, she's not going to be out of the fight because she's a robot, but she was out of the fight long enough that I'm almost like, oh, fuck, oh. Demerizel's kind of fucked when then you see her fist just come out through that dude's chest and like, ah. And there's so many things, interesting things. Number one, maybe the thing that uh, Goyer was talking about leaning into is just getting uh, getting this, this, this tall, striking demigod to be naked for more of a show because people dug that last year. It's like, yeah, Lee <laughs> yeah, Pace yeah. wearing 90% of the clothes we see him in. Not nothing wrong with that. Uh, but this version of Cleon, um, we talk about that degeneracy, that base thing is that he is doing something that seems that the other clones think is taboo, um, mm-hmm. having sex with Imerzel. Um, But he's also like, it seems like he's having some difficulties with it. Like he needs a very particular thing that she gives him and he doesn't like it when she tries to be a sex cat. But also he, there was something animal in him that truly enjoyed the violence Oh, yeah, like he enjoyed that smile. He says later to Brother Dawn that he was terrified, but that feral smile he gave when he was in between dispatching assassins says that like secretly also yes, I get to you know I get to feel something
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, absolutely which I mean, it's, it's, a lot different than the cooler I mean not that any of the empires were like really cool, they were pretty red hot, but like you know just just in their, in the terms of their appetites, I think you're already seeing a change,
0: yeah. And that that enjoyment, I guess, of this fight goes away when he realizes that his aura is not going to protect him. I think that's, that's where he talks about feeling the fear. You know what? That's exact He was enjoying it when he thought he was
1: invincible because it's a romp. You know, who wouldn't enjoy you right. know beating the shit out of people are trying to kill you when you're invincible, right? Yeah, like yeah, that Rick absolutely. and Morty when he gives gives the suit to him, he's like, you know, it's like, hey, we're we're killing all these guys, but it's like morally neutral because you know they're trying to kill
0: us. It's a lot of fun. But uh-huh. yeah then then he takes a shot and it's like, "Ah oh, fuck, um which is interesting. I've not seen anything I thought I thought there were ways to penetrate this aura, but I didn't think projectiles were gonna get the job done. They do well, it seems like it's been I mean day thinks it's been tampered with, so seems like it's pretty good yeah. evidence because things have over. been tampered
1: with in the Empire. <laughs> It's including true, Cleon true. themselves. Uh, There's technical drift in these bracelets that they're no longer yes. as effective. Um, you know, this is not nearly as grandiose as some of the visuals, but Demerzel walk around with half ahead mm-hmm. uh, and then selling Laura Bryn, just grabbing Lee Pace and effortlessly. Like, I don't know how they pulled all that off, but yeah, what the kind interior of, of her face, her head, and like the blue blood running that it, it was a it was a striking image. Her just flopping. Cleon into this uh, you know, repair pool and the, the one thing that I, I and no screener sites I know of have this, but like I, I wish we had subtitles because I yeah, I really tried to get the techno babble that they were going with here, which she says he had some kind of nanotoxic injection and there's 12 seconds before he delaminates into brazen death I, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what she said but uh-huh. but her performance where she's like half of it is probably a prosthetics and effects and digital work but like her kind of jittery stuttery um, performance I think is a lot of, of Brynn and mm-hmm. she just again she just really nails like when from from Demerzel being at her most human to her most artificial she's very ably able to, to to inhabit that character. She's uh, got nailed.
0: Yeah, one thing we didn't talk about um, to go back to the visuals for a second is the way they're telling a story with the visuals. Uh, mm. That's kind of in opposition or, or the microcosm here is Empire is expanding because now you see uh, Trantor last season it had that uh, space elevator that got blown sure. up and created yeah. that you know, gash across the planet this season. It's got a bunch of rings, uh, that weren't there last season. Mm-hmm. And so it mm-hmm. looks like Trantor and empire are doing just fine, right? They're expanding. They've got people living out on those things, apparently or working yeah. out there. It's a whole civilization on those rings. And then at the same time, you've got Gale with the voiceovers saying, and planets are being nibbled away on the edges of empire. Right? So right. the core might be strong here, right? And they might be projecting power, uh, with their image, but what's really happening is they're losing ground. Yeah, and it's like they even talk uh, openly. By the end of this episode, when the
1: the brothers discussing their plight, uh, Day says we have to investigate the branches to see if the rots can faint, contain there if it goes to the trunk or the root. So, mm-hmm. yes, and that's that's the big textual thing that the empire is like you know puffing themselves up like a frilled lizard, like a cobra's hood. Yeah. But it's to, you know, animals that do that, they're not puffed. You never say an animal, like you don't say a grizzly bear puffs itself up. Mm -hmm. Grizzly bear just like rolls on in and tears your head off. It doesn't have to puff itself up or make it look larger because it's impressive and and deadly. (laughs) Uh, Animals that have to puff themselves up to look larger is because they're trying to intimidate a larger, more uh, impressive threat. Mm -hmm. So yeah it's look it's, it's emphasis on looks it's looks bigger and more bustling and pop but like they're actually losing that 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 rising flood water is taking away their territory and
0: um yeah i, I love them exploring the contradictions of that all right let's go over to harry who is now in another strange place this time it's some glass prison a bunch of triangles uh with the help of a memory of his younger self he realizes that he's in a four dimensional space and uses his new perspective to escape to a larger strange place Mm -hmm. and there he's going to meet his life mate Yarna um, who he realizes isn't who she appears to be and she says well work out who I am then use your brain Uh, this is a really interesting visual way to portray the mind bending itself I think yes creating these dimensional spaces allowing him to kind of explore the environment which is really his own mind in this case in, I, I take in, it the, yeah, prison, the prime radiant on, is not the thing that the he's substrate. escaping it's his mind The yeah, the yeah.
1: broken nature of his mind But I also think I buy the fact that, like, you know, this Prime Radiant designed to be this kind of, like, multidimensional Rubik's Cube that, like, your Mm -hmm. brain inhabiting that substrate instead of your own brain or something that's designed to mimic your human consciousness would also be... A fucking trip, and I—the I, way that mm-hmm. they visualize, because like, who the hell knows? Like, I've heard it many times explained of like, you know, what it would be like a, a two-dimensional being to see a sphere go through your plane of existence, and it's like as 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 much as I love the physicists that are trying to help my caveman brain understand these things, I just I just can't do it. It's like it's trying, trying to it's like think about living forever, you know? Like uh, at some point, you just you can't. You you don't you you can't. Yeah. But I really appreciate them with these unreal geometries like that scene uh, of, uh, you know, Harry Seldon, like descending a staircase and the camera pans past him. And without ever breaking continuity, suddenly he's ascending and the Mm -hmm. gravity has changed. And uh, it's I have no idea what kind of complicated staircase green screen thing they did to pull like maybe some rotating sets, but it's super Uh cool all that that gravity defying stuff looked really fucking cool and it sells it on intuitive thing that like this guy is trying to navigate these unreal topographies and it bending his his human f- f- point f- frame of reference
0: for sure and I think the other important thing that they're doing the thing that really gives you the context you need to just kind of sit back relax say okay I'm gonna let this fourth dimensional thing be what it is is the flashback um, mm-hmm. him experimenting with shadow and The dimensionality of a shadow being only two dimensions whereas the object that's casting it is three dimensions I think that gives me personally license to say okay I might not be able to puzzle out exactly how all of this stuff works right but that concept is real and so I'm just gonna go with it yeah and it reinforces also what we're told
1: later that like ever since he's a little boy he's been asking questions that nobody else and people told him to not do it and it's a waste of time and you see his father like you know uh, instead of being like, "Wow, my son is intuitively understanding these uh, multidimensional things and how they cast shadows on the other," and he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, I-, I bought that book, and you're disrespecting it." Um, so he's been told his entire life to stop fucking around with this stuff, and he By his, father,
0: his mother seems to encourage it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There were two, sure. yeah, dueling forces there. Um let's move on because we'll come back to this here in a bit Uh, look sometimes a cut is just a cut but in this scene the cut was very obvious and I kind of figured out where we were from this cut context Uh, they cut straight to the prime radiant sitting prominently in the foreground of the scene Uh, and I figured at this point that Harry was probably in that prime radiant Uh, Gale's having like laying on this raft having this nightmare uh, Mm -hmm. about some some guy with goggles and a fire chasing her I don't know it's interesting Mm -hmm. and she wakes up to find that Salvor is missing she goes underwater to look for her but she was just out fishing and then Gale tells her about these visions that she's been having of the future and Salvor tells her well oh that's interesting because I've been having visions of your past and she wants to know why Gail hasn't activated the Prime Radiant. Doesn't believe her made up excuse. She's got her truth. She's got her lie detector. Mm-hmm.
1: And Gail is lying to her teeth. She is. Yeah. She's uh, She's uh, <laughs> jailed an evil genie inside his bottle. And he's probably getting pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. She's correctly surmising that it'd be bad news to bring Harry out right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what these visions are all about necessarily. Uh, this is kind of this is something to establish that I think we should look forward to for the rest of the season, right?
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's one of the things where I had some ideas what it could be depicting, but honestly, you know because like how far in the future is she looking forward to, and and how closely are they going to mirror what the foundation and uh, is going to do, and from the books to so it's like it's but but clearly she is foretelling uh it, it seems like she's f- uh seeing another potential crisis point that has her worried. yeah she like maybe an ultimate like this. uh like the, the when you know you you, you you used to play video games and uh you could fuck up enough that you get the bad ending huh. you know you couldn't win anymore you just get like the bad ending it's like i think that she's foreseeing like some sort of like bad ending for the whole foundation project
0: yeah i think you're right And I expect, much like we were kind of exploring Salvor's visions in the first season, that this will be a a season-long arc for her, like trying to understand these visions and understand how to respond to them. Then a siren goes off on Terminus, and the vault is activated. It doesn't open for 20 minutes. People are getting impatient, so the warden and director and some other people decide to go out there, and they think that Harry's giving them time to prepare for war with the Empire. And so they they start, even though they're pretty unprepared, according to the person who manages their armies, I guess. Yeah, and this, but like this goes back to like you know we remember
1: that the uh, warden never was taken as seriously as they wanted to be on Foundation. Seems historically that's a that's an issue. Mm-hmm. But like this director um, is lo- not is looking forward to a war with the Empire. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I think, I dare say we're ready for anything that Harry Seldon will throw at us and then you, you contrast that with Gale freaking out about all the thousand crises on the red path and it's like oh you don't know what the hell you're talking about
0: yeah but, uh, but it makes a lot of sense for these people to be sort of itching for a fight right I think didn't Harry come out of the vault and say like we're gonna have to go to war eventually with the Empire it's, yeah inevitable so like that's something
1: that they like and it's almost like their prophetess if says it's inevitable and, and you know it kind of implies that you're going to win. Absolutely. Yeah. So like you <laughs> we'll have to get wiped yeah. off the map. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's inevitable. We're going to fight the empire. And of course, they'll kick our ass in and this whole thing will be a disaster. But you know, the important uh-huh. thing is we fight. Um, so they have, as you can tell that he has expectation and you, you know, also the, the way we saw the hero worship already starting with Selden and, and mm-hmm. large, one of the reasons he executes himself is so that he can put a little breaks on that, but they're already calling him a prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also really appreciate the shows just giving us like the, the years um, so I don't have to go back and through the Wikipedia articles and add up everything. It's been 173 years since uh, Empire Exiled the foundation of Terminus, and it's mm-hmm. been 138 years since the last time the vault opened on Terminus. So yeah. I like that they give us, uh, you know, if time's going to be a character, it's nice to see their face every once in a while
0: and uh, get, get, get them fingerprinted. 138 years since anyone's heard this siren, implying they don't ever do vault drills, they don't ever <laughs> test the system. Mm. Like they're hoping that 138 years later, this alarm's going to go off.
1: Yeah, you'd think that Harry would do a test of the
0: emergency vault system. Yeah, every once, once a, a year. Like yeah, I, I gotta t- go get my prostate probed more <laughs> often than they gotta test their alarm True. system. That's not. That doesn't True. seem fair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and I kind of like this, this refresh of the cast, you mm-hmm. know, I, I was kind of liking this warden. So, uh, I, I think Very that a pretty looking dude. Yeah. I, he, he seems like simultaneously intimidating, but also like just a big softy. I
1: didn't have time to look him up, but he reminded me of one of the captains of the later matrix series. The yeah, captains of the, yeah, the, the yeah. whatever their hover ships are. I, and I don't know if it's the same guy, because like surely he doesn't look like he's aged in twenty years. If he is, but maybe he's one of those guys that like looks thirty five when he's thirty five and thirty five when he's fifty five. But mm-hmm. um, he he had that same kind of like kind of sturdy commanding uh, presence. And the the the, her, her. the governor, the administrator, he's just obviously a
0: yeah. He's got like. Sniveling Death Star, uh, Lieutenant, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Captain Nita type. Sh- that yeah, that they, energy, it's,
1: it's, if I'm supposed to like him, the show's mm-hmm. got an uphill battle because I, I, I kind of like the warden, I kind of don't like the administrator. He seems a, like a weasel, a, an overconfident
0: weasel at that. Yeah, the warden's got big, like Ron Perlman energy. Like, yeah like he's he's kind of a bad guy but he's not uh-huh. he's not gonna be a bad guy unless you are a bad guy yeah. to him, you know? yeah he's a galoot and they can be good <laughs> or bad yeah big old galoot uh then harry talks with i i want to say it's yarna it, it's tough with british accents with no subtitles and names i'm yeah, not familiar actually,
1: with v- what i wrote down was eleanor helena oh no Helena. And you wrote that Yarna, and I'm like that because, guys. There's a couple times when he rapidly says a bunch of names within his episode, where I'm like, I I, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, I, not I just know it's his, and, his life
0: mate, right? His um, life mate. His yeah, his his uh, foundation wife. Yeah, uh, he he's talking with her, but he realizes quickly that he she's speaking in something mathematically constructed uh, Doctor Seuss rhyming uh,
1: structures it's the meter you know like when you hear <laughs> yeah. about uh shakespeare got the uh, iambic pentameter you know it's it's mm-hmm. a rhythm to the speech and like i think da, da, you can da,
0: da, 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 yeah you da, can da, kind da, of da.
1: hear it when she says the step by step one two three q e d like there's mm-hmm. like this kind of like rhythm and uh in universe it's a particular type that's only known to this one like it's made famous by this one particular mathematician and Mm -hmm. unless you have a really good recall of season one you might have forgotten that uh, gail dornick uses this uh um this math that was created by this calais uh to solve the abraxas conjecture and that's what that's what got uh, Harry Seldon's uh, notice of Gale in the, in the first place. Mm-hmm. He used a lot of her formulas in, in his pioneering work of psychohistory. So, again, uh, him, he's having to solve some puzzles of his own making to kind of understand where he is and the nature of his reality. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, and he he deciphers that he must be in the Prime Radiant, and yes, he is. We'll get to kind of the explanation of that here in a bit Yeah, Um, but yeah I I thought it was cool too Uh, like all these little hurdles for him to jump mentally so that he can kind of piece his mind back together enough Mm -hmm. uh, to, to be reasonable we'll be right back with more
1: Bald Move after this brief pause and now back with more Bald Move I'm cool. trouble. And if you still hazy on it, you'll you might recall that Harry gave Gale a gift of an original work of this uh, mm-hmm. ninth proof of folding from this Calais as a as a present. You know, he took it out of the uh, the the archives because the the empire is going to get destroyed anyway. So someone, so it's, it's 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 something that's um that 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 links him and Gale together, like mm-hmm. like intrinsically, and at a time when they're pulled apart by the plot you know and by the fact that she doesn't trust him he's being reminded that there is a connection there that is interwoven into his pet project and I thought that was pretty cool yeah
0: and then like I said we find out almost immediately that yes in fact he is in the Prime Radiant because Gale tells Salvor that she moved him there uh, and there's two of him because he's also in the vault as we know uh, which surprises Gale And then Salvar talks Gale into opening the Prime Radiant and Gale sort of explains that there's another crisis coming and they are off of Harry's original plan, so it's extra dangerous with all these crises. Yeah. Uh, And then they might be approaching an age of darkness that never ends. So
1: Harry's made things worse effectively. Mm -hmm. You know?
0: And she has too. Uh, Gale, like, not following the plan. Like, she's got some culpability here. Yeah. Um...
1: I think it's really entertaining how differently they see Harry like Gale sees Harry as this flawed mm-hmm. maniacal perhaps evil mal- malignant presence that manipulates people and lies to you whereas Salvor sees him as just like he is the he is the foundation he is the guy he's the guy that shows up and gives you a pep talk and tells you everything's going to be okay and here's where you can find the battleship you need and mm-hmm. uh, they have completely radically different conceptions of Harry and also you know, Gale knew the real Harry, uh, Salvor knew the Harry that he meant to manifest itself at the foundation. And then they both are going to get to know this fragmented, insane, incomplete copy of Harry. And Mm -hmm. those are three distinct versions of him. I think that's kind of Mm -hmm. cool to see how they play with that. And I, I was wondering throughout this early going is like, are, are we ever going to see the Harry's converge? Uh, seems like it ha- that yeah. they have to. That's such a delicious opportunity to see, you know, rough and tumble. Got myself out of fourth dimensional jail, Harry. Go against. Uh, I reconstituted this vault from my the the atoms of my corpse, Harry. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and I do wonder how much uh, you can trust Harry at this point, regardless of his intentions. Um, we're already off his plan and you've got a compromised version of Harry here inside the Prime Mm. Radiant, but that compromised version of Harry was intended to keep the foundation on track, right? Mm. He's Mm. intended as a contingency plan or a guiding force overall. If that is broken and the original foundation was never intended to be the, the foundation, then how do we know that any of this is going to work out it's extra scary well it's one of the fun things about the show and the series is like is this
1: reversal really reversal or did harry intend it to happen did it have to happen this way so that the plan right you know because again we we learned the one the one iron law of psycho history is it doesn't work on individuals mm-hmm. um or in so short like, timelines. Did he, did he like sow some controllable and foreseeable chaos to make sure his overall objectives hat or are these things truly sliding out of his control? Yeah. Um, the, the, the prime radiant seems to think that's the case.
0: Mm hmm i'm waiting for the third backup of harry to be revealed (laughs) the one that Mm. was intended to control the one that went psychotic
1: and honestly wouldn't surprise me if there's multiple harrys by the time like like many more harrys like three four five run around
0: let's get a dozen the full
1: baker three empires
0: you need Uh at least three harrys to to go against three empires (laughs) true all right empire is healed but he's really paranoid um he had his has his shadow master killed for not stopping the assassin attack and apparently no one has any idea who hired these assassins or let them in so day wants to scan dawn and dusk's memories to make sure that they weren't the ones who hired the assassins not trusting anybody Mm -hmm. Uh, the beginning of the scene with him getting healed is really funny i loved it
1: yeah lee's having a lot of fun with The empire being so paranoid about being decanted that he doesn't want them to put him asleep so they can work on him. So he's like fully conscious, and it looks like hell. Like they're ripping off this mesh from his skin. There's this Mm -hmm. fleet of like nanite leeches furrowing his body and it's like it it does look like it's torture. And boy, um, he's portraying torture. <laughs> he's going yeah. for it, man. Yeah, he's screaming, and like I, I like how he's like in the middle of a sentence, and then somebody rips something off of him, and that gets incorporated into his performance. Uh-huh. And, and he gets and up. So he I'm a robe. I'm, I'm sitting there with my manhood flapping around. <laughs> um, <laughs> the
0: wink, the wink at the younger at that Don It's what is he winking about? Like Don has everything you got, man.
1: He's trying to be cool, like trying to look cool in front of Dawn, because he's he's also trying to politic his brothers, because his brothers don't agree with this plan that he's trying to do. And like, you know, Dusk is a lot uh, more stodgy about it, and Dawn seems like actually, I don't even know if Dawn, what what he thinks about it.
0: Um, yeah, he's pretty reserved in his opinions. Um, we we get a taste of it. He's yeah. he's less than thrilled about this marriage thing. I think that's one thing we yeah. can say for sure. But like, well, the then that makes perfect sense. That like day
1: marries somebody and starts having children Uh uh-huh that essentially cuts dusk and day out of the whole situation it's it's the end of the dynasty the 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 clone dynasty the way
0: i see it and that might be fine for more fine for dusk who's already had his day in the sun yeah uh, he, he's still philosophically very opposed to it but dawn has yeah. something to lose here right dawn is supposed to be the next day so yeah and he's never going to experience that he's never going to be the man
1: so what is 17 he going to think about of that? you
0: have, have existed and had this experience and you're going to cut it off now moments yeah. before i get to experience it. no come on i like how they
1: strategically had lee pace's robe to where it just covered his navel so they didn't have to do any silly putty in mm-hmm. the navel business uh mm-hmm. yeah I, I liked it i but i but, but we know there's no belly button behind there
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's true. um this is where we learned that uh you know to get us grounded in time that uh they, you know they refer to um the cleon the 13th which is the cleon that we knew um and we also i the and other few, thing i thought was out. interesting what'd
0: you say I I was going to say just the fear that he felt. That's the reference there.
1: Oh, yeah, the fear he felt. But the thing I thought was interesting, you mentioned that Harry Seldon in the credit sequence is prominently shown with angel wings. Extremely interesting that these guys are referred to as blind angels. Hmm. With that symbology in the credit sequence. Now, this isn't any book knowledge, because like I said, I was in junior high the last time I read these things, and I don't remember anything about these blind angels, but I thought that was... You know if I'm, I'm looking for connections and some theory crafting, uh, that's that's a direction I'm going to be leaning in. I, and it's is also yeah. really cool that these people literally don't have eyes, mm, yeah. How do you fight? Uh, I thought that was just uh, like kind of cool science fiction, fantasy, kind of pulpy thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, and then they also talk about you know, clean on uh, the day saying that I feel like a singular soul, don't you feel like a singular yeah. soul? And then
0: being kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, po- you know, philosophical about you know, are we, are we a continuum? Are we an individual? Like this is like like heresy from last season, and they're just mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 cool, and 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 uh, Dawn coming back and being like, look, uh, you getting married and having kids, you know, that's not immortality. That's the end of us.
0: Yes i think all of this raises like such huge fascinating questions for empire um Mm -hmm. because of the intricacies of their relationships with each other and with demmerzel and with the the power that they wield like is is how is demmerzel gonna feel about all this because if she is the Mm -hmm. guide rails of the the empire Mm -hmm. she needs to she probably has the final word on this um she's she's actively courting a relationship with day that is sexual and certainly emotional in nature at least for day Mm -hmm. um and day at the same time is looking to get married to tear down the Kleonic dynasty in the way it's been known before and perhaps betray her on an emotional level and Mm -hmm. i don't know how she's going to react to that
1: yeah it's interesting it's really interesting because dimmerzell is the one that all of the Cleons trust implicitly mm-hmm. but we also know she's the one that has like at the old because like we talked about this last season she's so powerful there's nothing that the Cleons could do to protect themselves from her like if she just want to go rogue and kill one i'm snapped her neck whatever there's nothing they could do till it's all over and mm-hmm. they like you know but she's also this position of trust. So she's, yeah. And that's, I, I I do wonder if they'll, they'll get to a point where, you know, some of the other Cleons had jealousies and suspicions of whether she would be loyal to empire versus, and she always proved herself, you know, loyal to their word. But, but also there's the the hint that like, she is working on a bigger plan. You know, she's Mm -hmm. been alive for 11,000 plus years. She knew the original Cleon. She knew what came before Cleon. Um, maybe she's got some ideas of what she thinks should happen afterwards. to, Cleon, uh, to, to and and it's 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 I'm I'm looking to see some of that suspicion turn to her direction. If if uh, if if any of the brothers are going to start suspecting sure. her, and what would that look like if they don't trust Dimmerzelle?
0: Yeah, no, it's a very interesting question. I think the other big thing here is philosophically is this idea that the dynasty. Is already compromised Mm -hmm. and we are no longer perfect clones. We are drifting apart from our source. And I'm going to solve that by steering into the rapids, as Dusk will, or yeah, Dusk will later say. Is that a valid way forward? I, I mean, look, they're telling the story of the fall of the empire. So obviously this is not going to work out long term, I don't think. Nah, no, I'm pretty sure but... marriage is going to solve it. He's this guy. He, Harry didn't see that one coming. But I, but I find it interesting to consider, at least in the moment, is this going to be a yeah. contributing factor to the downfall of empire? Or is it going to be something else that ultimately does it? And maybe this is a course correct that needs to happen and strengthens the empire in the short term yeah and it's funny to get caught up in
1: that too because I, I do too because i i actually i'm kind of rooting for the empire uh because i think they're cool and neat even though it's it's <laughs> conceptually themed. yeah yeah but um it's funny to get caught up into like oh i wonder if this will be the thing that saves them when obviously unless harry's just wrong <laughs> yeah that next season ah, we're calling off the dark ages turns out empire's got it uh yeah <laughs> yeah. Everything and, and but it's also something I think a lot of people can relate if you had enough life experience. Surely there's been a time where you have been in a swirling around the drain scenario with a company or a relationship. And the question is, should I do something radical right now to change the game or yeah. should I still circle because that's going to give me time to think about something better? Like the Well the and what you're doing is not now, working. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, what you're proposing might, like, if it doesn't work, you're going to die right away. Yeah, is that yeah. better than biding more time to figure out another answer? Or is it better to take the resources you have now and do act right now? And it's like that's no one will ever fucking knows because it's a die is cast situation. You, you yeah. know,
0: <laughs> you you either try something radical or you don't, and you can never know what the alternative outcome would yeah. be. Yeah, I'm usually on team try something
1: radical, then circle mm-hmm. the drain one more time, but. It's, very it's interesting when philosophy when of you the, when you're when you're playing with the lives of of trillions and and oh uh, yeah the whole galaxy yeah mm-hmm.
0: um so brother day goes to see how dimmerzel is holding up kind of at the end of this scene here uh she's reconstructing her head so she, she says she'll be all right but she's not great in the moment um I, we find out here that She has a decentralized consciousness, which I thought was interesting. I was questioning, you know, where is her CPU? Where is Uh, my vital function? Is
1: how decentralized? Like, so decentralized that if he took a particle beam and just incinerated you, you would survive? Or decentralized Mm. and like you can have your whole head cut off and your big toe is enough? Like, how decentralized are we really talking here? Because if she's decentralized to the uh, point that Cleon is it's entirely possible that there's multiple demersels running around oh i hadn't thought about that cuz that's the thing it's like that i don't want to, have to ever play at that idea the fact that um you could decant the kleon without another one dying you mm-hmm. could have multiple brother days running around and we did mm-hmm. have that one where you had the rebels that infiltrated and gotten their hands on a the genetic copy and they'd made a copy of dawn yeah um yeah, everyone, when, when she said decentralized, I'm like, yeah, how, how decentralized are we talking about? Cloud backup. You know, exactly. So. We're talking about some Battlestar Galactica type. You die here and mm-hmm. you wake up on the base ship, or what, what are we talking about here?
0: Interesting. Yeah, we'll see if that factors in later.
1: The other thing I thought this is the, that I thought is curious is I interpreted when he says, is what we're doing indecent. And she says, oh, Empire, any gift given freely out of love is never indecent. That's not an answer. It's a platitude. She is, she is, she is answering it with a uh, a hypothetical example. She didn't say I gave. She, she's just making an observation. Mm. If something's given freely of love, it can't be indecent. But with what we know of Demerzel's programming... Is that, is that actually that even, what happened? Does she have free will when it comes to Empire's commands? At least in certain, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting, especially in conjunction with something else. Empire's going to say at the end of this episode, um, hmm. and also yeah. the effect of her just reweaving her head with this beam was well, like it's one of those things where it's it, it's magic, but it's so fucking cool, and it's the one of those things that makes me think that yes, a starship could be at the bottom of an ocean for 130 years in this galaxy, and you could you could flip a switch and it would fix itself because. Uh-huh. The shit's
0: just that good, man. <laughs> yeah. Indistinguishable from magic. A ship makes its way down to Trantor, and a woman we will come to know as Queen Sarith prepares herself to meet with empire. My god, man, look at this mothership that this shuttle launches from. It's gorgeous this this is the jump ship of last
1: yeah. sequence of last season where I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, is this like a chandelier, a jellyfish, a spaceship? There's a solar sail coming out of it. And then you see these rings and each ring looks like a ring world, like a halo uh-huh. type of thing that had like, you start to get the show, size of the structures man. and the, 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 the population that might be on that. And it's just like, yeah, it's just a 30 seconds of just your mind being blown. And and,
0: and it happens every every 25 minutes in this show it, it is Dude. a relentless unmatched uh relentless images of unmatched sci-fi beauty in this show i cannot stress enough it's how good this beauty, looks. because
1: this is not like uh seeing the x-wing fly down the death star trench which That's is very cool. cool
0: yeah
1: but it wasn't beautiful in no. fact ralph aquari is intentionally not being beautiful this is hardware mm-hmm going down to kill other hardware and there's no, but this is like, you know, in the, in the era of empire still in this diminished state, the amount of beauty and aesthetic and projection that they're able to do there is, is, Oh, just, yeah, it, it's not just cool. It's also just beautiful.
0: Yeah. Gorgeous. Is it cringe yet to say chef's kiss? Cause it's what it is. It's what yeah, it is. Uh, And I thought it was impressive that they put these rings up in the last 138 years. I guess it's a long time for a civilization that can mend your head with a magic wand. But, true, you know, it feels pretty grandiose to me.
1: Yeah. Um, But also, it's funny that they... So, like, internally... We have this woman talking to the queen and she says that she's visited Trantor before you know, long time ago and they were just building the rings and they had these signs up where they're saying that uh, the rings of Trantor are like the frill around the neck of a lizard, a sign of strength and aggression. Um, and I, I guess I wish I saw this lizard in real life because I think of the lizard that does this in real life. And it's just a little scrawny little you know, it's mm-hmm. the, the fish that runs across. It's not super impressive. Like if it was a Komodo dragon that did that shit um, but like, is that is that is like is that kind of like secret patheticness part of it, or are we supposed to understand that there is like this fearsome lizard
0: uh, indigenous to trantor that is strong and impressive? Yeah, I guess that's my question. Why would? why would empire themselves refer to it as the lizard don't they see the defense mechanism yeah, symbolism it's, inherent it's in like
1: this yeah our rings are like the puffer fish we are actually weak and small but we like to swallow a bunch of water it, it seems <laughs> right but we hope like the marketing material lost the plot film. a bit yeah
0: but totally <laughs> and she rightly points that out uh, so how that became maybe that was the way the people talked about it
1: hmm but she, I thought she said it's like there's maybe the posters are like
0: protesters putting it up or something. But <laughs> maybe that would make a little yeah. more sense. <laughs> um, I guess, like, you know, what are the odds here? Because there, there's going to be some question later from Dusk about, like, why would she try and kill you if she wasn't married to you yet and she stood a chance of gaining everything before she did? Makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Mm-hmm. Are are there any odds here that Cerith tried to have Day killed? It would it would make a lot more sense if it was someone it's who wanted to prevent the marriage. You'd be a marriage. fool not to suspect it because the show is telling you to. She seems like, real
1: iffy. I I don't think I would trust this person. Well, especially since I I got a clear from this first episode uh like her and the relationship with this retainer woman
0: mm-hmm.
1: very much felt to me like Marjorie Tyrell and the Queen of Thorns rolling into King's Landing. Yep like these are people they should be afraid
0: of you that if you
1: yeah these are people that if you underestimate them they are going to eat your lunch and slit your throat Mm -hmm. and the dust An empire underestimates this might have already (laughs) happened this might have been the person who scrapped to the top of their dominion and architected the and, and you've invited them into our home you know like this dangerous thing mm-hmm. uh, but, but yeah, I, I, yeah like I said if you're a Game of Thrones fan you know that that's high praise to compare these two individuals and it shows that I, yeah they, sh- they better watch a step uh-huh. especially since she's full of piss and vinegar like she humiliates Day in their yeah. Meeting ritual
0: yeah I want to talk about that when we get there but it's kind of shocking what she's Mm -hmm. doing in that throne room scene um but let's get to dusk and and day talking as she kind of lands here and her procession proceeds uh dusk chastises dave day for the relationship that he has with dimmerzel day though is more concerned with who tampered with his aura and how far they're drifting from their source genetics and like i said during this the queen is arriving um I, boy The stuff that Dusk is saying here Makes a lot more sense to me Especially after seeing Queen Seret's demeanor And and how squirrely she seems Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why Day Is so on board with this idea of marrying At all, let alone this person Desperation i think i think what i'm hearing it's is a midlife that crisis <laughs>
1: that, no, that but like he thinks having... that there is he thinks that the empire is going to fall because of this genetic drift and if he and and like mm-hmm. if like if we wait another generation uh you know you're, they're in a point of like i guess you're supposed to understand dominion as the second largest yeah power in the universe or the galaxy right and he's saying, it. and like you think of like the mad shit she's talking in the throne room. Like, you wait another generation, and, and like, let's say that, like, uh, you know, well, we'll see what happens. And day and dawn might do the be, be the one that does the deed in 30 years. The Empire could crumble to the state that where like Dominion's like, fuck you, we're actually gonna carve you up. And so, it's like, you know, the circling the drain thing. It's like, do you wait until you're in the drain before you try to do something desperate, like marry mm-hmm. yourself to the second most powerful? and but like, you know, if all like, he think-
0: wants is children, I, I guess it's the status that's important to him as well. The the image, right, is still very important to him. He can't be seen to have children with someone less than his stature would uh, require. Right. And, and, if the, and if the
1: dynasty collapsing gets out wouldn't it be better to have like to revert back to the form of governments that the universe is comfortable with which you know until the Kleonic dynasty you know you had father and son yeah. and father and son and sometimes it would fall and another thing would dynasty take place but it's you know you're returning the universe you're returning the galaxy to a form of government that it's familiar with before they find out that a rug's been pulled out from underneath them you know so sure.
0: um, so it seemed seem like business as usual
1: because it does seem from the outside, out. this is a secret. No one really knows that the genetic drift is a thing. The Klingons are yeah. the Kleons are trying. I, it doesn't seem like uh, the Dominion people have a good idea. They know that the Empire is weak and they smell blood in the water, but they're not sure why.
0: Yeah, it's more about the the rumors of like planets in the outer reach not being yes so on board with the Empire that kind of thing. Um, I want to say the one.
1: For line that I thought was interesting coming from Day, where Dusk is taking the a task about betting Demerzel, and he says, Well, she's the one that first initiated. I feel like that's something that every predator says. You know, like if you <laughs> ever watched a catch a predator, like in this person's I mean, come I over to her have sex eight with years, a 13 year and he's like, Oh, she she's the one that came on to me. I was innocent, and then you know, and how Mm-hmm. and I'm like I like, it, it could be that she did but I'm taking her non-answer answer and his like you know unconsidered she's the one that initiated actually to be very suspicious about the nature of this being a gift freely given and what Demerzel actually thinks about it and whether, you know, the fact that day is saying like, is this something we're doing bad? Like he's got an opinion on it. He's wanting to be reassured that it's not. Um, it's it's all, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like it's a bad idea all around.
0: I mean, let's, let's take him at his word here and say that Demerzel made the first move. Uh, this could be a soft attempt at steering empire back on track. Like she sees that he's getting ideas about, marrying and having children and uh, making the dynasty that well what if she can distract him from that with sure. a relationship both physical and emotional and keep that dynasty that clone dynasty going
1: no i think like i said um there's certainly something going on here i i don't obviously don't know what's early get early get goings mm-hmm. but uh it's another fascinating piece to the
0: cleon dimmer puzzle yeah Let's go over to Gal, uh, Gal, Gale, and Salvor, uh, deciding that they need to get off the planet and that they can use Salvor's sunken ship to do it. It's dangerous, but there's a hurricane coming which will kill them anyway if they don't do it. So they swim down, activate the ship, and then bond over being the last Anaxions. I don't know about you, but I always hold my breath during breath-holding scenes, underwater scenes uh, in movies. Yep, sure tv shows uh just to see just like mm-hmm. i know there's editing trickery and you can never right. tell how long they're actually under i always try and hold it as long as they do Got i think to. this is a, a realistic amount of time underwater if you give that like gail is born on this planet and she's basically a fish person and she can give another full uh, another lung full to salvor yeah totally doable I
1: went into the scene, arms crossed, eyes narrowed being, because when they describe what they're about to do, I'm like, this seems like a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually think they pulled it off, but I do think that they, and this is something I've seen a lot of, um, projects do where they put the hero in an impossible situation. And instead of just them surviving, they have to make it exciting on top of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt like the... the and then there's a lot of things about the scene I liked. I really liked how they had the uh, the two actors portraying... You know, you had Leah Harvey and... Uh, oh, gosh, what is the other? Um, oh, Lou LaBelle. Yeah, you know, she's from a water planet, and she's swimming like a mermaid, like undulating patterns, very smoothly gliding, effortlessly mm-hmm. swimming, and Salvor is like... Doggy had, <laughs> looks like she's had no idea what to do in water. Like, her limbs are yeah. just jerking around. I think they fucked up by having Salvor actually drown.
0: Oh, you think so?
1: I mean, she passes out and closes her eyes and starts drifting. Yes, yes. I'll give you that. If if they got to where she was starting to like panic, and then with her last breath, Gail gives it to her, and then Gail passes out. I think it would have. I honestly think it would have played out a lot better. Uh, I don't know that I buy that Salvor is unfamiliar with the water could drown. You could give a breath to her and then she recovers underwater enough to reboot to, and this seemed like to me I, agree. I see she that start laughing. I start, laughing. I start yeah. laughing. I'm no I go beyond being concerned for the safety and be like, well, this is this this is this is a step too far. If it was mm-hmm. me, I think I would have just had them do the plan, which is, you know, Gail is there as essentially a human scuba tank, mm-hmm. and you already have to save her from drowning. You got the you know the abyss scene there it's like they did a double abyss and one of them was still underwater and I, I was like yeah
0: it's a lot and, and just make it apparent that Salvor is running out of air she taps Gale on the shoulder it's time yeah. give me your air and yeah, yeah. Th- th- that would work a little still bit still a fucking
1: wild crazy seat of your pants situation but to have Salvor mm-hmm. partially drowned on top of it was one it, it, <laughs> instead of increasing the tension it bled at all because I'm like well there's obviously they're both going to live because this is you know but maybe I'm not supposed to think that I don't know yeah it's supposed to be very dramatic not a big deal certainly dramatic Um, everything else I bought like the fact that this ship can survive underwater for a long time and Mm it
0: does just to tech is just that good you know and and I really like the scene at the end of this um, Mm -hmm. where Gail lays it all out like look you came here with some knowledge that I don't have some familiarity like this is a parasocial relationship don't expect me to be comfortable as comfortable as you are with it but let me extend this olive branch. We are now the mm-hmm. last in axioms. We have that in common. And I think I, this is where I'm starting to feel like there's something there between them or there yeah. could be, right? It's, I an, think this is a really good a, emotionally fortifying scene.
1: Yeah, it's not just that there's not chemistry between the actors. It's like that that's it's an intentional thing. And I, I really liked it when it's like Salvo reaches the gale and the gale jerks away from her, which must have been really painful. Mm-hmm. And again they don't have this little but like you know i'm your daughter you're my mom and you're mm-hmm. recoiling from my touch and gail has got the presence of mind to like see that and dick like you said offer the olive branch to like and, and,
0: and puts her hand like on her shoulder or leg or something at the end of the scene to the show to say that, like that was a right. reaction i had not necessarily a way i feel this is i am in permanent flight or flight response for
1: the 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 (laughs) because from my perspective my the last three days i've had have been harrowing yeah um but but yeah like the we're the last synaxians and even the joke about even if you don't swim like one which again they i thought they illustrated beautifully in the physicality of the performances um Mm -hmm. i can see a potential a potential for this to be a good traveling companion type
0: roadshow deal totally Sarath goes before Empire. They're in the throne room and they trade gifts. Dusk absolutely loves Sarath's gift, but I would say is less thrilled with her demeanor. Uh, Fortunately, this meeting ends with Demerzel calling Empire away to tell them that they found a message from a long-dead soldier which claims that the Megaflare didn't actually destroy Terminus or the Invictus. Demerzel says, uh, I've heard rumors about an alliance at the edge of the galaxy. Which claims that Harry Seldon is going to return and lead them into a new age. We should probably investigate, and they agrees.
1: Yeah, I thought. Do you so like I always think it's interesting when you see these pomp and circumstances. I'm always trying to read the insult and, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like like judge like on a point like on a fight.
0: The transgressions of of conduct here. Do you, did you think that it was an
1: insult to offer her the bronze trantor? Because I felt like, and maybe they just, maybe she just was had a truly extravagant gift. But like the gift that she gave them, which is this rare imperial pigment that's native to their planet of this chroma pig, pigments that they that the dusk uses to do their elaborate dynastic. Uh, uh, murals and like clearly mm-hmm. day was like touched like I mean I'm sorry dusk was touched like he like yeah, greedily went and just like I can't believe this is so like touched by the gift and then he gives her something from like the the gift shop from the Trantor museum and like oh Trantor huh yeah it's impressive is, was that calculated as a little of an insult of like I don't need to impress you that
0: much no, I don't think so. I think this is a miscalculation on his part, as as like an image thing. This is him mm-hmm. saying that you, the gift here is not anything physical that I'm going to hand to you. The gift here is me agreeing to marry you, me bringing you into the dynasty and the power. Yeah, of empire. You should be happy. You're at the show. And this is this is a representation of empire, the the seat mm. of power of of empire, right? It's mm. the eye. in In Day's mind, this is saying what you are about to get is so much more valuable than any trinket you could ever receive. Uh uh-huh. And this is the token of it. This is a tribute to the greatest gift you'll ever receive. <laughs> right.
1: Um. It's not the actual gift itself. Uh, But the way she turns it around where, oh, surely you're offering me something larger than just Trantor. Or is this a vision of your diminishing future that you're going to shrink to this is all you have? And like he was completely wrong footed from the rest of his conversation because he tries to Mm -hmm. go with the rings and she's like, oh, well you know, that's surely not as if the most efficient way to launch cargo into space and he's like, well, all, all Trump's efficiency and she
0: brings it right to overcompensating and mm-hmm. uh here's what I don't yeah. understand. What is her uh, what is her deal? What is her game here? Cause this is not the way to ingratiate yourself to someone like Empire, I wouldn't think. I think this is, she's
1: like, I feel like that maybe they've waited too long and the Dominion thinks that this is maybe more of an evil trade or maybe that they're doing a favor. Because that's the thing that like, going back to the Tyrells. She's of, nagging him. So, th- <laughs> so going that back she- to the Tyrells of Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. I thought the Tyrells saw themselves doing the Lannisters a favor by marrying into the family because you guys are broke as hell. And yeah, you got to, you got to see the power. But we have all the money secretly, and we have all the food, and we have all the soldiers. So, Things like, you while need. you have all the prestige, we are doing a trip. But, like, don't you ever think that you're fucking better than us? Mm-hmm. I think that's the energy that they're bringing into this with the Empire, where the Empire thinks that, like, I, you know, I'm still the Empire, and this is a, such a huge boon to them, where they're thinking, eh, We wait another generation. We might be able to take it all by ourselves. That's what I thought was the the thing to come
0: out so overtly with that idea is I I think a huge mistake on their part and a slap in the face prematurely like the the Tyrells don't come in swinging like that. The Tyrells roll you into a false sense of security and, and make you think that you're something big and special that they need until they have you. And then they flip the table. But if he doesn't do anything
1: to check her, then that kind of proves her point. Because why wouldn't he? Like I'm giving his gross insult, and you're taking it because yeah, it's a risky you... test. I mean, because like, what are you going to kill me? Then we're at war. Do you not think you can win this war? Mm-hmm. And and if you just like kick me off your planet, and you disrespect me. And where then it's like I don't know. Like there's like there's the, this, the, this this they they both are coming to this table not knowing exactly what's under it. You know it, does does they have the yeah. shit to back up his or
0: not? And I do they think Empire is in a different position than they were last season when you had the religious, uh, the, the religious test of their power. Right, like mm-hmm. there there were these. Uh, potential usurpers coming in and saying mm-hmm. hey we think we're better than you and you've fallen from grace and all this or that you're an abomination uh our and, well, yeah. order. we'll make sure
1: everyone knows you're a demon
0: yeah and, and but they they had the power they they weren't yeah. like degraded at that point but now in his own head they knows that I, I mean even even the fact that he's considering this i guess is an admission of weakness yeah. the fact that he would ever consider getting married right well, it reminds me
1: of like when they I think I there's a quote about like how empires end and like it's always gradually and then all at once. So it's like you mm. never like yeah. no one sees Rome falling until the barbarians are inside the gates burning it down. It's just like a slow, steady decline until you get to the level that you can be challenged and then it happens. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they're getting. And in fact, I even saw a little bit of this with the conversation in the next, where Demerzel takes him and it's like there's a, a deal, and you know, dusk and kind of day are kind of like we should launch our fleets and just kick Terminus's ass in. Mm-hmm. And Demerzel's like, well, we don't want, but she couches it as like we don't want an overreaction to turn the galaxy against it. But if you look at her face and study it, it's more of like I don't know that she thinks the Empire can pull it off
0: gotcha we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause and now back with more bald move it's like we should go out there and take a
1: look before we commit like as well how humiliating would it be to launch like the anacreon Thespis Thespis annihilation fleets and you get there and the foundation just handles you now you're Mm -hmm. done you are done so it's like it's yeah, it's lost a your real, image too. it's it's a big it feels like it's a big uh, poker bluff and no one really knows what the what cards the other sides are ha- uh, are handed but I think that day's demeanor is going to give the 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 queen Seraph a pretty big tell of what she's dealing with and she's you know
0: like you know and, and I'm, surely we've got lots more of her in the future so well I mean in this scene he is surprised by her uh, free use of language can, here I would yeah. say uh-huh. um, but he's not put off by it necessarily he's more intrigued and thrilled and I don't know if if they've got spies kind of working within the palace there and they know mm-hmm. that Day has secretly been questioning everything he's having this midlife Kleonic crisis I'm um, very curious to know what they know <laughs> yes because they seem to be playing with with everybody else's cards face up and I don't know mm-hmm. how they're doing that cuz mm-hmm. cuz it would be a huge mistake if this was Cleon the the 10th, right? This is not how Probably. you approach that man. Yeah. But so. Cleon the 10th would never approach him like
1: this in the first place. So it's like sure. the fact yeah. that this is different, like I said it's an different. admission
0: of weakness in its in itself just Yes. entertaining this idea yes yeah like why after
1: 17th dynasty you know you're just gonna fucking take you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice of reproduction really
0: uh-huh hmm what's up uh can i just say you, you shit on this gift shop uh gift gift uh-huh. shop level gift that he's giving there at least once every five minutes in this show there is an item a prop a ship something on screen <laughs> sure. that i would fucking love to have as a model to kid. have on the shelf yeah yeah, yeah. It, it be able to build one of these things and paint it up it, it, number one being the jump ship like i think that jump ship is so freaking cool yes i'm gonna pester I, when we have goyer on i'm gonna pester him and say you need to get on this, Expanse died because it did not merchandise correctly. That's true. Get on this, man. Get me some you ships. You
1: couldn't get a Ross, decent Rossinanti till the show was already dead and gone. You don't want Ridiculous. that to happen. You get 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 Ravel, uh, get, Revelle, get uh, Tamiya get uh, testers on the. Uh-huh. We gotta
0: get a. We need any kit. We need to get kit. Bandai in there. Yeah, somebody has got to make some kits for Foundation because I'm.
1: That's I'm a good sorry. point. But honestly, uh, I, I if I was the queen, I would hold out for a platinum, Trantor. Come on, bronze. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. What are we doing?
0: Weak. All right. Uh, Harry figures out that he's speaking to the Prime Radiant itself. It claims to be self-aware and helping him mend his broken mind. And he thinks his way out of the strange place he's in and walks into the light. Interesting idea that the
1: Prime I want to say Meridian. That's not It's prime. Radiant. Prime radiant. The prime yeah. radiant is changing itself. Mm-hmm. without Harry's awareness or guidance and kind of hinting that that's what needs to happen to keep your plan. F- I, woo, there's suddenly a lot of cooks in this here kitchen and I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is acting a lot like Chad GPT, not knowing the dis- difference between destiny and survival.
1: Uh, yeah that's another that's non-answer right. answer i'm very interested in humanity's destiny i can't wait till they slide into the trash bin of history
0: like yeah that's <laughs> right. and I, the I, rise of the prime like, radiant species yeah
1: yeah our survival's not the same as our destiny huh yeah uh-huh. uh it's uh it's and, and yeah but she's leveling accusations that you got brain damage dude you're not ready to save shit um also true and why she this is all this, the rage like this is a big part of i not to spoil things but in three body problem like the whole flattening and the increasing dimensions and how that changes the topography of things and the size and it's a bit like that it seems like that's like uh the latest cool thing in sci-fi and it's 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 neat to see mm-hmm. uh foundation playing with that
0: yeah i love it uh there was another one of those scenes where i desperately needed subtitles that we didn't Three. have when she mm-hmm. leans in and whispers to Harry, "I'll explain more if you can meet me at."
1: Is that a? Is that a? Is this a? I because I really cranked up the volume and got my headphones. Yes, out. I think this is a lost in translation where it, it it's intended to be intelligible. I can't wait. I'm gonna actually watch this when it airs premieres because I I want to see what because I'm I'm betting that the subtitles say intelligible. uh you have uh, the you, yeah. you're in you're in the, the, the cat you're in the, the driver's seat here, listener, because you know know right away mm-hmm. if I'm right or wrong. But yeah, I c I couldn't make it out either.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back once the episode is out and actually look at that line because you know, no amount of rewinding and cranking the volume was gonna fix that. It, it
1: sounded and looked like she said hornsbeak, but <laughs> sure. Meet me at the hornsbeak. The planet hornsbeak
0: of the hornsbeak system. I, at first, I thought she said, "If you can beat me at something, I'm like beat me at a game, because she is kind of playing now, games with him." But I'm not sure. But she also said,
1: "You'll appre-, He goes, "Will it be worth? Like, you know, this goose chase will be worth it." She goes, "Oh, you'll appreciate it down to your bones." That made me think about the vault, which is literally mm-hmm. constructed of his bones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. But that's that's like that's a very tenuous connection. So it's just one of those things that I'm uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get more information on. mm Hmm.
0: Uh, and then we get to the final scene where Gale and Salvor's ship has a f- fault that's going to take them a long time to fix, but they don't have time because of the impending hurricane. Uh, Salvor tells Gale to let Harry out of the Prime Radiant and into the ship's computer so he can fix it. But then, I think before she can do any of that, Harry manifests on the ship and tells Gale that it's time they had a reckoning.
1: Yeah, I love Jared Yikes. Harris manifesting on a ship and just screaming, Gale Dornick!
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your ass like-
1: is grass and I'm the lawnmower. It's it's good. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will say that like when they're talking about like, oh, if we don't get off this planet for the hurricane hits, we're going to die. Nah, I think you just, I think you guys, I think you guys just uh, 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 flood the ship, getting, getting cryopods for like a month or so. You'll be fine.
0: <laughs> this ship will definitely survive yeah.
1: a hurricane.
0: The ship surely will, yeah. Maybe they
1: won't. Maybe their squishy meat sacks won't. But like, is it that maybe they don't, I, mean, I don't know? Maybe they don't have stasis pods in there either.
0: Mm. Anyway, yeah. But th- this is a oh boy kind of moment. Like, what does a reckoning between Gale and Harry look like? Especially if and, Harry is this damaged version of himself. They still are in the middle of a hurricane.
1: So yeah, like, you, need, you yeah. need. it's not just the, get, it's that Gale is not Harry's the time. Coming out ready to fight. <laughs> like this is not the time, old man. But. Uh-huh. He's folding four-dimensional space now. You don't give a shit about.
0: That. What, yeah. that what are you did? gonna say? Get the, look, we'll have our reckoning. Get in the computer first. Fix this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about We're that. The software fault out of here. But that's it. That's where we leave it. Big uh, cliffhanger moment for us. Yeah,
1: curious to see what people think. Uh, Foundation of BaldMove.com is how you get a hold of us uh, to give your feedback. We will uh, be either doing a supplemental feedback episode or be sliding feedback into this here section, depending on how much we get. Once again, Foundation of BaldMove.com is how you send us feedback uh, in the future. You can follow us at Twitter.com slash BaldMove to see what our uh, latest releases are. Uh, You can also go to baldmove.com to find all of our podcasts and subscribe to them. And uh, if you would like to continue to support us, uh, a couple things you can do, rate and review us wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you could give us some stars, a couple of kind words, that would help out. And then if you want to get our content sans ads and with lots more bonus features, check out our club at support.baldmove.com. Thanks for listening. I cannot wait to see where we go in this long, strange, twisting road that is Psycho history and foundation. We'll be back next week with the next episode. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Respect and enjoy the podcast.